This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this cartoon alternative kind of day. That's because it's a Saturday. And if you're listening to the day the show's uploaded, it's February 24th, episode number 1532. Right next to me is my living, breathing cartoon. Jimmy, I got one name. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. They said his face was meant for radio. They said that he'd look good on radio. And everybody told him where to go. They tell me where to go all the time. Matter of fact, they're telling me to go today to Daytona Beach area. Yeah, we'll have details with that coming up. You'll find out if I have a face for radio or not. Right next to me, to my left hand's my right hand, that is Kimmy. She's strange, and I like it. She's strange, and I like it. She's strange, just the way she is. Walking down the avenue. She's strange, always doing something new. She is always doing something new. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And welcome to your favorite day of the week. What is that? Saturday. Yes, it's a Saturday, Kimmy's favorite day of the week, and the Riley and Kimmy show will be out and about today in the Daytona Beach area. We will be in a park. In the park is where we will be this afternoon, actually this evening. Kimmy has details. Tell me where we will be, Kimmy. We will be in Ormond Beach for Sophie Circle's annual Rainbow Bridge Walk in remembrance of for kids that are no longer with us. All right. This special event starts about what time? Um, It starts, um, I believe, at 6 and... um, Everybody will be walking over the bridge around sunset. Okay. And there'll be lots of um, lots of things to do there at the park ahead of time. And it'll be, sounds like a really nice, nice event. And the weather is perfect. Bring oh, your, perfect. Bring your fur kid or kids if you'd like. Mm-hmm. And please stop by the Riley and Kimmy Show Animal Special Table. We would love to meet you and meet your fur kid and uh, hear your uh, fur kid story or two, right? Absolutely. And the Riley and Kimmy Show has a special show devoted specifically to animals. It's called Animal Special. You can find out more on AnimalSpecial.com. We have a Facebook page just designed specifically for that about animal information and things. Be sure to follow that page. You can find out more information. We have links to this event on our website. Along on our website, we have archived episodes and the easiest way to listen to us any day of the week, any time. Matter of fact, round the clock, brand new shows every day, and you can listen to them on iHeartRadio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. We have links to that available on our website along with our social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. You can find all of those on our website. What is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com Find archived podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com 
And being a cartoon alternative kind of day, be sure to visit our website at RileyandKimmy.com because right there, right now, we have 11 forgotten Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, forgotten ones, Kimmy. Yeah? Yeah, 11 ones, classics that you might have forgotten or maybe never knew about. You can find those right on our Facebook page, also our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That is a question on this Saturday cartoon alternative kind of day. Does Kimmy want to play a game called Pop Culture Trivia? What say you? Yeah. The timeline we're about to go to for trivia has been adjusted, meaning it's not in chronological or linear order. All scrambled up. Feel free to help out, Kimmy. She believes in time travel answers. I'm serious. If this is your first time listening to this, she actually believes you can talk to her. You who is in her future and she is in your past. You two can communicate according to her. Yeah, a temporal timeline telephone thing kind of opens up or something. Uh, Answers come to her head. So yell at, shout at, or whisper, or gently talk to whatever computing device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. And it could be anything because we are mobile We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. First category is the movie category, Kimmy. We're looking for the year. Once you identify this film, the year it opens in U.S. theaters. We're giving you a plus or minus of five years of when it appeared for the first time. Here is your clue. Tell us the name of the movie. Just outside of Chicago. Galileo. Galileo. In the basement of this house, broadcast history is about to be made. Extreme close-up! I want you to find out who these guys are and where they do their show. What is this? Mr. Vanderhoff, this is your audience. It's two chimps on a Davenport in a basement. Here I am with the contract for $5,000. Excuse me? Now, they're on their way. No way! Way! To fame. We still love me when I'm in my carbohydrate sequin jumpsuit. Young girls in white cotton panties, bloated, purple, dead on a toilet face. Do fortune. Contractor knows. I will not bow to any sponsor. <laughs> and do babe heaven. What do you do if every time you see this one incredible woman, you think you're going to hurl? I say hurl. If you blow chunks and she comes back, she's yours. If you spew and she bolts... It was never meant to be. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I did with Kimmy, and, and she stayed. <laughs> that's right. She didn't bolt. Now, Kimmy, can you tell me the name of the movie? Wayne's World. It's a movie. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. Wayne's World. Hi, Wayne. It just might be the greatest motion picture ever made. Are you mental? Wayne's World. What year did Wayne's World first appear in theaters? Kimmy, we're giving you a plus or minus of five. 1992. Kimmy gets it exactly right. How many times did you see that film? Once. Just one time and you're able to identify the year. Mm -hmm. All right, 1992. As on this date, Buckingham Palace announces the engagement of Britain's Lady Diana to whom? Prince Charles. And what year, Kimmy, with a plus or minus of just one year's error? 1982. It was 1981 that that happened. It was on this date, and we're looking for the year within five years. 
The United States Postal Office unveiled two versions of its proposed stamp of a certain rock star. Fans were to start voting on which stamp they preferred. Who is the rock star? Whose stamp were they voting on? Kimmy, when when was it unveiled, actually? And whose stamp? Elvis. That's was right. it um, 1998? It was 19, you miss it completely, 1992 that happened. Oh. The design, or it actually was issued, the stamp that won was issued on January 8th, 1993. But we were asking when was, you know, the voting and all that started. And which version won, the younger or the older Elvis? The younger. Did you vote? Well, I, if I did, I voted for younger. All right. The year, 1964. The Beatles appear for the third and final time on this TV show. Tell me the TV show. So, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. What show did they appear on? The Ed Sullivan Show. That's correct. The year is 1965. This group records this song. Tell me the name of the group. Who is that? The Beach Boys. Yes, and help me, Rhonda. It was on this date, 1969. This trio plays its last British concert. Give me the name of the trio, Kimmy. Here's your clue. Who is it? Jimi Hendrix and the Experience. That's right. The year's 1970. This song is released. Identify the single. Tell me the name of that single, Kimmy. A, B, C. A, B, C. And who had that as a hit? The Jackson 5. That's correct. The year is 1975. This group's album, Physical Graffiti, is released. Do you need a clue, Kimmy, to the name of the band? Um, yes. One of the singles from that album, Physical Graffiti, here it is, identified the band who had the album that came out on this date. Who is it? Led Zeppelin. That's right, and Cashmere was on that album. The year is 1979. This single is released. Tell me, who releases this single in the United States? Roxanne. You don't have to put on the red light. Who is it, Kimmy? The Police. That's right. Do you have that on vinyl? Um, That the, one? No. MP3, CD, something? No. Yes, you do. Yeah. Greatest oh. hits kind of thing. Oh. Oh. Police, yes, you, oh. you, you do have that. Okay. The year, she doesn't even know the music library. The year is 19. It was actually mine, so it became kind of yours by default there. The year is 1980. NBC premieres a TV movie that would become a TV series for a while. Kimmy, identify the TV movie. Here's its opening. Uh -huh. 
handsome, you're wearing your dresses way too high. It's reported you've been drinking and running around with men and going wild. And we don't believe you ought to be a bringing up your little girl this way. And it was signed by the... Can you tell me that? That's actually the opening to the TV series that's a um, spinoff of the movie. Can you tell me the name of the TV movie, Kimmy, 1980? Harper Valley PTA. Very good. And bonus points if you can tell me who starred in that show. Who who played the, the lead? Barbara Eden. That's right. It ran as a TV series, that is, from January 16th, 1981 to August 14th of 1982. There's only a total of 30 episodes. The TV movie that started it all was on this date, 1980. Have you ever seen an episode or the TV movie? I have not. I recommend staying that way. Just <laughs> keep it that way. I love Barbara Eden, but just keep keep it that mm. way. The year is 1987. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got his first three-point shot in the NBA. The question for you is, what team was he playing for, Kimmy, in the NBA? New York Knicks. It was Los Angeles Lakers. The year is 1987. This recording artist receives a Lifetime Achievement Award at the 29th Grammy Awards. Tell me who it is. I found my thrill on Blueberry Hill. Who is it, Kimmy? That's Domino. That's correct. Staying in 1987, radio television personality suffers a heart attack. Tell me who it is. Tomorrow night, a tribute to Frank Sinatra. He, he would have been 84 years old this Sunday. We'll replay an interview tomorrow. And among the guests next week will be Ted Turner and Peter Jennings and Jim Carrey and President Gerald Ford and President Bill Clinton. That's all next week. Who is it? That's Larry King. Did he survive that heart attack? Yes. You're correct. The year is 1988. This rock star announces he would run for governor of Arizona. He ran... Under the Wild Party, that was the name of the party he ran for. He wasn't a Democrat, a Republican. He was Wild Party. Tell me who it is. Who went into politics, Kimmy? Alice Cooper. Yes. Did he win the governorship of Arizona? No. Uh, yeah, that's right. Some alternate. Think about that. Some, you know, multiverse thing. He somewhere, somewhere he became governor. Mm. Maybe he's even president now. Who knows? Okay. Right? It's possible. It's 1988. Could be. The year's 1992. This actress began working on the set of this TV series. She had taken some time off. Tell me the name of the TV show. Can you tell me the name of that TV show, Kimmy? Growing Pains? That's correct. This actress had left the show due to anorexia. She's best known for playing Carol. That's Carol Seaver, the daughter on the show. Tell me who it is. It says here that as the universe expands, all matter is slowly degenerating into a state of total disorganization. Fine. Just go ahead and kill them. But where does it stop, Mom? Today it's mice. Tomorrow it's the neighbor's barking dog. Then maybe the mailman's late one day. <laughs> Killing 
A mailman's a federal offense, Mom. Someday he'll come along. <laughs> the man I love. <laughs> and he'll be going to NYU Law School in the fall. <laughs> the man I love. The man I love. <laughs> Who is that, Kimmy? Can you identify the actress? I do not know. That's Tracy Gold. 1992 returns to growing pains. Staying in 1992 and going to celebrity wedding section here. It was on this date that Courtney Love marries a certain singer. They get married in Hawaii. Can you tell me, who does Courtney Love marry in 1992? Kurt Cobain. That's correct. Years 1993, this recording artist wins six Grammy Awards for a certain song. This is the song. You tell me the title. Can you tell me the name of that song? Tears in Heaven. And who had that as a hit? Who won all the Grammys? 1993. Eric Clapton. That's correct. The year's 1994 in Los Angeles. This actor was shot during a robbery attempt. He eventually would recover from his injury. At the time, he's known for... A few years before that, being on Saturday Night Live, he was part of the original cast, and then eventually, Kimmy, you also know him for what America knows him now for, is Two Broke Girls. Who is it? Oh, good. I need somebody strong. Ah, would you carry this over there? <laughs> Put some coffee in it and bring it back to me. Who is it, Kimmy? Garrett Morris. That's correct. The year, 1998. This person was knighted by Queen Elizabeth at Buckingham Palace. Tell me who it is. Who became a Sir, 1998? Elton John. That's right. Staying in 1998, Virgin Records America files a lawsuit against this group for allegedly breaching contract and non-delivery of albums. Tell me the name of the group. What is the name of the band? Smashing Pumpkins. That's right. Staying in 1998. This rock performer was arrested and charged with hitting his wife, Pamela Anderson. Who is he? Tommy Lee. That's correct. Of what band, Kimmy? Motley Crue. You got it right. The year is 1999. This person wins five Grammy Awards for her debut solo album. Can you tell me who it is? Here's one of the singles.
five Grammy Awards for that debut solo album, Kimmy. Is that Alicia Keys? That is not. It's Lauren Hill, 1999, for the album Miseducation of Lauren Hill. The year is 2003. CMT, that's Country Music Television, features an entire day of this person's programming. Tell me who they dedicate an entire day to. Who is it? Whose day was it, Kimmy? Shania Twain. That's right. Celebrity and notable birthdays. This person born on this date, 1921, an actor known for a couple of TV shows. Here's one of the themes. Identify the TV show if you can, Kimmy. It ran 1977 to 1978. the most identifiable TV theme of all time because it wasn't on that much. 1977-1978, that also restricted it from uh, being in syndication, especially back at that time period. Might catch it now on some retro shows, you know, retro TV networks. I'm not familiar with anybody running it at the current time. Tell me the name of the TV show if you can, Kimmy. Is it Fish? That's correct. He was also on this TV show. Identify it. Kimmy, can you identify this show? He was on from 1975 to 1977. Barney Miller? That's correct. Tell me who was born on this date. I've had dealings with these people before. You gotta be tough with them. Scam a little. Oh, hello. This is Sergeant Fish at the 12th Precinct. But that can't be. I am Sergeant Philip K. Fish. But your records must be wrong. Lady, who are you going to listen to? Me or your computer? I'm dead. Who is it, Kimmy? Abe Vigoda. Yes, born on this date, 1921. Died 2016 at the age of 94. He was also in the Godfather film. Next person, actor known for two TV shows. Well, that's what he's best known. He did other work, too. But he's best known for two big roles in TV. One of them, Kimmy... 1966 to 1967, he was part of the first season of a TV show. He would be replaced. Tell me the name of the TV show. Mission Impossible. Correct. He played the first leader, the first team leader of the Impossible Mission Force. He played Dan Briggs on that show. He would be replaced by Peter Graves. Tell me, who was born on this date, 1922? I'm looking for a special recording, collector series. Havan and G by Ernest Vaughan and the Pan Symphonic Orchestra, 1963. Now we'll exchange Gorman for the girl my way. You'll wait to hear from me. And one more little thing, Egan. If anything happens to that girl, anything, I'll finish you. 
Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I'll find you and I'll kill you. And you know I can do it. He played Dan Briggs on Mission Impossible. He was cold. He was deadly. Can you tell me who it was? I cannot. He was also on this TV show, Kimmy. He starred on it for 10 seasons. Tell me the TV show. Law and Order. Yes, he was on Law and Order. 10 seasons from 1990 to 2000. He played the district attorney, Adam Schiff. Tell me who it is. Hell of a case of reasonable doubt. You still think Ryder's guilty? Yeah, well, the pins are not bunk, and the alibi witnesses are not bunk, and this is probably the lousiest staff work I've ever seen. Man, is arrogant. He's stupid. He's going to get away with it. The fellow you planted in his cell, what's he getting? Who was born on this date, Kimmy? 1922. Ooh, I still can't get it. I thought you watched Law and Order. Um, yeah. All right, he was born 1922. That's Stephen Hill. Died 2016 at the age of 94. Tell me why this next person is on the list, Kimmy. James Farentino, born 1938. He was an actor? That's correct. I hope that wasn't a question mark there. I hope that was more like, he was an actor. Uh, yes. Born on this date, 1938. American actor, appeared in nearly 100 TV, film, and stage roles. He was in the movie The Final Countdown, and he appeared on the TV series Dynasty. Died 2012 at the age of 73. Next person born on this date, although... He originally thought it was another date he was born. I only learned recently after all these years that the date and time of my own birth have been off by one calendar day and about a half hour on the clock. He originally thought and thought for many years that his birth date was on the 25th, but he was actually born on the 24th. Tell me who it is. Here's your audio clue. is it, Kimmy? George Harrison. That's right. Born on this date, 1943. Next person known for the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but he's also known for a TV show, Kimmy. He played on this TV series from 1996 to 2002. Can you identify the TV show? Can you identify that TV show, Kimmy? Mm, no, I can't. That is Spin City. He played the mayor, Randall Winston, on Spin City. Who is it? Who's having a birthday? You know, Howard Hughes ran his entire empire from one room, top of the Sands Hotel. Mike, I don't even have the speech. Well, I say, deep down in places you don't talk about at parties, you want me on that float. You need me on that float. Sir, we're looking for a simple... You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> You've seen him in Orlando, Florida at Spooky Empire. Kimmy, can you tell me who it is? Ooh, I can't. It's Barry Bostwick having a birthday. Remember people come up and have their, oh, yeah, underwear, yeah, yeah, yeah. their underwear signed by him? Uh -huh. Or I don't know, it was their underwear. They always a fresh bag. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. How old is Barry today, Kimmy? Um, 73. You are exactly right, you Barry Groupie. Next individual actor known for many films. Also known for a couple of TV shows. Give me, here's one of them. Identify the TV show. 
Miami Vice. He wasn't in all of the episodes. Matter of fact, he wasn't even in the first episode of Miami Vice. He would replace somebody. He was in 106 episodes. He played the boss of Sonny Crockett and, and Tubbs. Tell me who it is. Why didn't you seal off the area? Even if you wanted to, I don't think you could. You're pimps. Who is that, Kimmy? Edward James Almost. That's correct. How old is Edward James Almost today? 64. Wow, I can't even give you a five-year buffer there. He is 71 today. Oh. He's on Vice from 1984 to 1990. And Battlestar Galactica, which Kimmy has not seen one single one single episode of the reboot of that. He was on that from 2003 to 2009. He played Adama. Next individual recording artist celebrating his 71st birthday today. Kimmy, identify who it is. He had a couple of top 40 hits. This one was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and was number eight on the Adult Contemporary, which is quite surprising. When you listen to the song, you would think it would be the other way around, but it it wasn't. Tell me who it is. If you like Pina Coladas, getting caught in the rain. If you're not into yoga, if you have half a brain. If you'd like making love at midnight, in the dunes of the cave. A whole new generation discovered that song because of Guardians of the Galaxy. Can you tell me who had that as a hit? Ooh. Who's having a birthday? Brain freeze. Well, here's another chance for you, Kimmy. Another hit for him. 1980, number six on the Billboard Hot 100, number four on the adult contemporary charts. Him, him, him. What's she gonna do about him? She's gonna Is that who's having a birthday? Who is seventy-one years old today, Kimmy? Mm. Well, I had to miss one eventually. Yes. This is it. I, I... Rupert Holmes. Ah, yeah, okay. I can't believe you don't have a single Rupert Holmes song in your collection. I don't. Not on your MP3 at all. No. I thought you had the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack on your MP3. I do. Well, then you actually have Rupert Holmes because the Escape song is on there. That's part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So you should know that. She just never looks at the screen, probably. Probably actually skipped that one. Oh, that's that song. And it went away. Next person, Kimmy, musician, having a birthday. Tell me who it is. He's celebrating his 68th birthday. This song of his has been used in many films and TV shows. Bad of the bone. Bad of the bone. Bad of the bone. If you love the movie Christine, it's in there right in the opening as that car is being made. Also, if you like Married with Children, it's been used a few times. Uh, Al Bundy's had that uh, play uh, when he's been doing some things. Kimmy, who is it? He was part of a band. It was him and the Destroyers. He also had the song I Drink Alone as a as a, a big song for him. Who is it? George Thorogood. That's correct. Celebrating his 68th birthday. Next person. News journalist has been an anchor on ABC News, CBS News, Fox News, and CNN News. From 1990 to 1996, she co-starred, she co-anchored the CBS This Morning with Harry Smith. And then from 1996 to 1999, she substituted for Dan Rather during the week and contributed 
to 48 hours. Who's having a birthday today? Whether you're fresh out of school or just looking for a new job, tomorrow, what careers are hot in the 90s? Where to look, where the money is on CBS This Morning. That is the news for tonight. Stay with CBS News for the latest on the White House under fire, including complete wrap-ups tomorrow on This Morning and on the CBS Evening News with Dan Rather. Can you tell me who that is? Jane Pauley? No, it's Paula mm-hmm. Zahn. Do you know who she is? Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you know her. Okay, how old is Paula Zahn today within five years? Um, 60. Paula Zahn celebrating her 62nd birthday today. Next person, actor, he appeared in Titanic. That was in 1997. Now, he got the role supposedly because of his performance in the 1996 film we're about to play a little clue from because James Cameron saw the movie and said he is perfect for this role in Titanic. Tell me who it is, Kimmy. You know, I'm not really permitted to reveal all of my secrets, Diana. Actually, I am, but only to one person. Uh, The woman I intend to marry. No one refuses the Phantom. Who is it, Kimmy? Billy Zane. Yes, how old is Billy Zane today within five years? Um, 58. Billy Zane celebrating his 52nd birthday today. I see dead people. Notable deaths, famous people who passed on this date in history. The year is 1815. He was an American inventor and engineer. He's the first person to uh, create or had the first commercial steamboat. He dies of TB at the age of 49. Who is it? I don't know. Slept in a history class, right? Mm-hmm. I know they had to have this person mentioned in history class. They had to. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't have been riverboat gambling, Kimmy. No TV show like Maverick and things like that. It's Robert Fulton. You know, Mark Twain. Where would Mark Twain have been? Mm. You know, and all. Yeah, Robert Fulton died on this date, 1815. Next person passed away 1991 at the age of 71. Best known of his... Best known as the star of his own weekly comedy variety TV series. Um, That's way before our time, Kimmy. It's from 1954 to 1960. You know him for appearing on The Carson Show quite a bit, and you really know him for being one of the most popular panelists on the Hollywood Squares. He was the one people went to many times. It's not Paul Lynn. Tell me who it is. Listen carefully. Here he is, appearing on Carson. Well, I'll tell you, I'm a little excited tonight. Yeah. If I don't get started real quick, I just uh, met Gregory Peck in the hall. And, uh, I don't know, we talked about this once before, but no matter how many people you've met in the business, you meet somebody, and this was especially interesting because it, it finally dawned on me all these years, and I never saw it myself, but people have been mistaking me for Gregory Peck, and today I first noticed the, the resemblance, you know. Did you know, I don't know whether it's the haircut or what, you know. You like to have a buzz haircut, that's what you might know him for if you can picture him. Can you tell me who it is? George. Ooh. Something. Yeah, he'd also be known as Georgie. Ooh, George something. George or Georgie. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. George Goble, Goble passed away on this date, 1991. It's amazing you got that first name. You, I'm sure you remember him from Hollywood uh-huh. Squares, right? Yep. Years 1994. This singer, actress, and television personality dies at the age of 76. You know her because she would have a daytime TV show that was extremely popular. Matter of fact, more than one. She would sing occasionally on one of those programs. Tell me who it is, Kimmy. Here's your clue. Well... As the song says, this show is going to be about the blues and all that jazz. 
And I don't let the word blues fool you because the blues can be very happy too. Uh, the blues encompasses just about every kind of music there is. Military marches, folk songs, work songs, reels, spirituals, hymns, together with a flavor of West Indian and Latin American and Afro-American rhythms. In fact, the blues springs from many, many sources. You'll find them played and sung just about anywhere you go. Memphis, New Orleans, St. Louis, New York, points north, east, south, west, including this little town uh, near Missouri. I'm going to Kansas City, Kansas City, here I come. Who is it, Kimmy, who passed away 1994? Diana Shore. That's correct. The year is 1998. This comedian and violinist passes away tell me who it is gimme it's sort of a double celebration ladies and gentlemen while i'm making this album i want you to know that week this week you're looking at a guy who's been married for 49 years to the same woman this week 49 years where have i failed in love with one woman 49 years my wife finds out she'd kill me People ask, how did it last so long? Here's the secret. My wife and I go to a lovely restaurant like this twice a week. Little candlelight, a little wine. She goes Tuesdays, I go Fridays. <laughs> she has housework. I bought an electric iron, electric dishwasher, electric dryer. She's a too many guys that's around. She had no place to sit down. What did I do? Bought her an electric chair. She ran after the garbage man. Am I too late for the garbage? She says, no, jump in. (laughs) Take my wife, please. Who is it, Kimmy, who passed away? 1998, the king of one-liners. Oh, boy. Come on, you can do it. I can't. Kimmy, he's iconic. I know. Tenny Youngman, who died on this date, 1998. I had the pleasure when I was very young to meet Henny Youngman. It's one of the first things um, that I ever did working in broadcasting. Happened to do wow. a happened to do a concert in the park. I was a teenager. I was 13 at the time, and I got to actually meet him right after the performance too. Cool. Yeah, it was really cool, and it's kind of amazed that he was amazed that I knew who he was uh-huh. because I was exposed to comedy records and things like that, and, yeah. and old time radio things. So I knew who this was and golden age of television stuff. Hmm. So it was it was really really cool. To me, and it was hotter than you can imagine. And he he was up there in age when this happened, and he performed. He did the whole performance, wow. and it was a very warm July night that this happened. Mm. Next person to pass away, 2006, died at the age of 81. Kimmy, here's your audio clue. Tell me who it is. Next thing you know, they'll be on motorcycles wearing them leather jackets and zooming around. They'll take over the whole town, a rain of terror. Who is it, Kimmy? Don Nuts. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Nip it. You go read any book you want on the subject of child discipline, and you'll find that every one of them is in favor of bud nipping. Only one way to take care of it. Nip it in the bud. Yes, he passed away on this day, 2006. Next person who passed away, 2006, an American actor, film and television. Kimmy, one TV show he starred in. See if you can identify the theme.
doesn't know this one. I yeah. am surprised. I am actually shocked. You cannot identify this TV show. No. Okay. Here's the other show he is known for, Kimmy. Can you identify that show, Kimmy? Wow, no, I can't. That TV theme, Kimmy, was McLeod. Can you tell me who it is? Well, suit yourself, but this ain't 42nd Street. Uh, You mount from the left side. Always mount from the left side. He sure has a way with words, doesn't he? All right. Can you tell me who it is? Gavin McLeod? Gavin McLeod. I mean, um... Gavin McLeod, who, let's see, Gavin McLeod was the captain on Love Boat, also played on Mary Tyler Moore's show, and appeared, uh... No, 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 Dennis Weaver. Dennis Weaver, who's also known for playing Chester on Gunsmoke the early years. Yes, that's correct. And can you now tell me that you, now that you've identified who it is, can you tell me that first TV theme? All right, I'll give you two clues. Are you ready? Uh huh. Clint Howard and a bear. Oh, Gentle Ben. That's right. He starred on that show. Kimmy, I think you did a fantastic job on this on the Saturday cartoon alternative kind of day. Reminder: go to our website and Facebook page to check out those eleven forgotten Saturday morning cartoons. And be sure, if you have an opportunity, you listen to this early enough, visit us in Ormond Beach today. What park are we at, Kimmy? Uh, Fortunato Park. Okay, please, and bring your fur kids, or fur kid if you like, and you don't have to have a fur kid with you. Come on out for this event. It's very special. We would love to see you. More information available on our Facebook page and our website. I think you did a fantastic job, Kimmy. Well, thank you very much. We're going to go back in time and honor something we talked about on Trivia with a golden age of radio. We mentioned just a moment or two ago that actor Stephen Hill, famous for Mission Impossible and Law and Order, was born on this date in 1922. He was no stranger to the golden age of radio. We have an excellent example of the golden age of radio. He starred in something called The Case of Thomas Hosty. Now, this was an episode of a radio series called Up for Parole, which was based on true stories about people how they ended up in prison, and they were up for parole. And you got to decide, should they be paroled or not? Well, they actually tell you if they did or not, but they made it sort of like a little game thing towards the end. You know, you had to guess, did they get paroled or not? And so it was called Up for Parole. It's an unusual old-time radio show and rarely heard. This episode is from 1950, and the plot, a young man turns into a toughened criminal and master con man while in prison. Will he be paroled? You find out on this episode of The Golden Age of Radio starring Stephen Hill on The Riley and Kimmy Show. CBS presents another in the exciting crime series based on authentic cases actually heard by parole boards in our state prisons Reenacted here for the first time. The 
The story you are about to hear is taken from the official records of Thomas Hostey, prison number 2N61-357, now pleading before the parole board and before you I'd like to for tell his freedom. You first, gentlemen of the board, that I had a wrong idea about coming up before the parole board. Yes, what was that, Hostey? Well, I thought at first I'd tell you what I thought you wanted to hear about uh, how I did wrong and I served my time and so forth and so on. But I know that won't work. How did you find that out? Well, other guys come before the board. We talk a lot about this board. Uh-huh, I see. So I figured the best way is don't try any line. Just say it out the way you feel it. Straight. And if that's all right with you, that's what I like to do. That's fine, Hoster. That's a good start. You'll find this board will meet you more than halfway, if you mean what you just said. Yes, sir, I do. All right, proceed. Well, to begin with, I was sentenced ten years for grand larceny and criminal fraud. Been in now five years. I guess I went wrong for the first time, in a big way, that is. Oh, about seven and a half, eight years ago, when I was a kid, 22. I was working as a busboy at the Gotham Businessmen's Lunch near the Wheat Exchange. Nice, plushy place. Men taking an hour and a half, two hours for lunch. And I'd hear them talking big talk. Well, the way I see it, Bill, you buy tomorrow at 152. You hold it three weeks, and I guarantee 3,000. Well, it's true about Warren. Took 14,000 in less than a week. Well, you can do the same, Bill. Came from the same horse's mouth, T.J. himself. What are you listening to, Tommy? You hear those guys talking? No. I don't have time to stand around. I've got to serve these orders. You better get back to work. <laughs> they killed me. Talking 14,000, less than a week. 15,000, 20,000. The way they toss it around. What's the matter? Are you jealous of them? Me? With 21.95 a week? No. It's all right. I'll show them all someday. Uh-uh. The boss is coming. Hostie. Uh, yes, Mr. Simpson. I told you to clear these t- dishes off table 13. And those men at 17 have been waiting for 15 minutes. They want water. Oh, gee, I'm sorry, Mr. Simpson. And the next time you cut butter slices, cut them evenly. Well, gee, I was in a hurry. I'm I... not interested in excuses. Come on now, get moving. You better watch your step, Tommy. He's real sore at you. Now, who does he think he is? Huh? Who do they think they are? 15,000, 20,000. Oh, Tommy, why don't you get wise? You got a job? Okay, you're a busboy. What do you want to kill yourself for with envy? Because I'm as good as they are, and I know it. And just because they know some jerk T.J. or something who knows this and knows that, they can make all that dough, huh? Well, I'm as good as they are, anyway. Are you? Then how come they're sitting at the tables and you're filling the water? All right, now, Emma, cut it out. I just feel like taking this tray just the way it is and with all this water out. Hey, watch out! I can't... What's going on here? I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Simpson. I wasn't looking, and they slipped. Slipped? I saw you. You deliberately threw that tray on the ground. Get your time and get out of here. You're fired, hostie. If I had folks, maybe I'd have gone back to them right then. But my old lady's dead a long time, and my old man, the last time I heard from him was... He was sailing out of Valparaiso, Chile somewheres. I just found the nearest bar and started to tie one on. I'd show him. Simpson, those $15,000 talkers. Emma, I'd show her too. Standing at the bar in this joint was a guy I never saw before in my life. 
A guy named Vincent. Pete Vincent. Traveling salesman. That's my suitcase. It's loaded with stuff. He was a flashy kind of guy. Wore a Hollywood draped suit. Had two big diamond rings on his fingers. How old are you? 22. What's a kid 22 doing in a bar in the afternoon? Not working. There's no payoff in working. Some easy dough is what I'm looking for. Easy dough, eh? That's right. You ever think about watches? Watches? Yeah. Lots of guys lose their watch every day. And if somebody finds it for them, they're kind of grateful. Sometimes, even when a guy didn't lose a watch, sometimes he says he lost it. And then he always gives you $5 for finding it. What are you, a con man or something? If you ever meet a fellow who tells you he's a con man, he's not. Me? I'm a salesman. Now, look, in this suitcase here, I got like 200 watches. With a bright-looking kid like you, nice open face, easy talker, we lose these watches. Restaurants, bars, bus terminals. Guys always claim they lost watches, and then they give you a $5 bill for finding them. And? And nothing. The watches cost a dollar and a quarter. Three seventy-five profit on 200 watches. That comes to 750 bucks. Cut that two ways, and you get yourself $375. I mean, if you're smart. Does it work? You don't see me wearing no rags, do you? Take a look at these rings. Diamonds. Fifteen-carat diamonds. Well, you did pretty good with all the watches, Husty. So, uh, now you want something big, eh? That's right, something real big. You think you're big enough to handle it? Oh, I think so, Vincent, don't you? All right. You graduated out of the watch department. Now we'll go into the bank department. The bank setup was this, gentlemen of the board. I, I got a good suit of clothes, conservative, not loud. Vincent gave me $9,000 and uh, I opened an account. I was Thomas M. Hostie, importer. And I put it to the vice president of the bank. We're very pleased to have your account in our bank, Mr. Hostie. Please go on. Well, sir, I'm, I'm comparatively new in this area, having operated successfully in London, Brussels, Antwerp. Oh, a cigar, Mr. Sloan? Hmm, thanks. I'll save it for after lunch, if you don't mind. I expect there will be a great deal of activity in this account. I see. I'll always keep a minimum balance of, uh, oh, nine, ten thousand, but... I, I would appreciate expedition on some of the checks I want cleared. Speed is of the essence. Foreign drafts? Yes, yes, mostly. Well, sir, a pleasure to have met you. Any time, any problem, at you, sir. <laughs> I can see that you run a first-rate bank, Mr. Sloan. Thank you. Thank you very much. I kept the account busy the first two, three weeks. A lot of checks went through. Deposits, withdrawals, all phonies put through by Vincent but with money to back him. I saw to it that the balance was always between nine, ten thousand. Always watch that. And then the job was ready for the taking. Well, it's a little irregular, Mr. Hosty. Yes, I, I know, Sloan, I know. But this matter just came up, and it's of extreme consequence to me, to my entire organization. Well, I'll do what I can. The uh, chairman of the board of the Antwerp International, the uh, big diamond house in town... and. 
I've uh, given him my personal check for $9,200. I don't quite understand, Mr. Husty. Well, tomorrow he will be in to cash that check. And I, uh, I want the teller to look at the signature. I want him to smile. You know what I mean. And uh, I, I want him to honor it then and there. Well, there's no problem. Your account covers it. Oh, exactly, sir. I, I just wanted the assurance. I wanted him to be able to cash the check easily. So if you can instruct your tellers to... Tellers? Yes, I... I don't know what window he's going to cash it at, and I, I don't want to have to guide him. Oh, I see, I see. Well, I don't think there'll be any trouble. Uh, about what time would that be? Oh, 10.15, 10.30. And thank you. Thank, thank you so much. I didn't withdraw the money. Oh, no. The play was smarter than that. I left that balance of over 11000 right there. And the next morning, 10.30 on the dot. Would you cash this for me, please? I'm in a hurry, if you don't mind. Please. The teller cleared that check, gentlemen of the board, for 9200 And so did five other tellers. Because five gentlemen in cutaway coats with Dutch accents cashed checks for $9,200 at precisely the same moment in front of five different windows. So the take was $36,200. Well, that's quite a nice play, isn't it, Husty? Yes, sir, Mr. Chairman. I mean, it's one of the smoothest, one of the dirtiest cons there is. You're still a little proud of it? No, sir. I, as a matter of fact, I was con. Oh? Yes, sir. We, we got the money all right, the 36000 but before I even got near Vincent again to, to get my split, he told me to leave town by bus. The buses weren't watched so closely, he said. Well, I didn't even get my ticket. Two nice-looking plainclothesmen just walked over, tapped me politely on the shoulder, and that's how I got here. Ten years. It would seem, Hosty, that sometimes when you think you can use people, and that's apparently your philosophy, that sometimes they use you. That's, that's what I was going to say, sir. Were you? Yes, sir. In the last five years, I, I figured that out. So I served my time. While I was in prison, as you probably know, sir, I took a job in the commissary, and I think I did a decent piece of work. Now I think I... Well, I think I deserve a chance to... Well, you know what I mean, sir. That's all you have to say, Hosty? Yes, sir. Hosty, I said before that you use people, and you said, yes, sir, that's what I was going to say. You used the past tense. Now I'll tell you something, Hosty. It's the present tense. You try to use them still this very minute, this very board, ever since you got into this prison. I have before me here this sheet of paper. It's the warden's report on your decent work in this prison commissary. Yes, but that He was describes a... you, and these are his very words, a man who has studied you for five years. He describes you as vicious, corrupt, degenerate, victimizing the weakest person. I was, I was you brutalized other inmates, nearly murdered them. Acted as inhumanly as it's possible for a human being to act. Well, sir, I was going to say... Then say it, Hosty. Don't play with kid gloves with this board. Yes, sir. I did what you said. I did inhuman things and being brutal and nearly killing the guy. A fellow inmate. Yes, sir. Okay, okay, I'll tell it just the way it happened. With all the horrible stuff. 
to the true story of Thomas Hostey, prison number 2N61-357, the man who is up for parole. Now, have I made myself completely clear to you, Hostey? This board wants the full story of your work in the prison commissary, the racket you made of the prison commissary. Now, think a minute, for heaven's sake. What happens to you in the next five years is going to be decided in part by what you say here, right now. Well, sir, you said it before. I mean, this is the truth. Your, your chances to con inside are different from outside. Easy rackets outside get to be hard rackets inside. Cons, no. They don't fall easy. You work with pressure and your fists and... You burn, you stab, you nearly kill when you have to. I was in cell block L along with a lot of the old timers. In my cell was an old timer, Joey Amram. Joey was going on 60 with uh, 20 more years to serve, embezzlement. Everybody knew he'd never live through it. Joey would die in prison. And when I told him what I planned to do in the commissary, he sailed into me. So you're planning to move in, huh, Tommy? Into Jansen's spot. That's right. Who wouldn't move into Jansen's spot if he could? And I'm the only one inside here who can. Maybe you're the only one inside rotten enough to. All right, now don't get funny, Joey, just because you're an old man. <laughs> what are you going to do, kill me? Knock me down? At my age, that don't frighten me. Look, everybody's got to buy commissary. You're going to buy food, extras, because the child... Well, it's enough to live on, but it ain't eating. A commissary, it's the one thing that makes life inside almost okay. Can of peas, maybe you like peas. Pork, sausage, maybe you like that. Things they don't serve in a child, buy it in the commissary. And what are you going to do? You're going to make every joker inside pay up. A dime to eat a can of peas. A dime to get space at the burners in the rec hall. A dime to get a plate. A dime for a fork. That commissary is supposed to be for the prisoners. It ain't your special way to choke guys. Now, uh, look, I hear the chaplain every Sunday, so quit the croaking. Now, Jansen did it, and I'm going to do it. Remember what happened to Jansen? Yeah, well, it ain't going to happen to me. Nobody's going to bust my neck. What am I going to do, huh? Want to sit around here, make shoes, license plates rot? I gotta, I gotta move. I gotta be something. I'd have been somebody on the outside if I hadn't been tricked. I'll be somebody here. Yeah, I'll be in Jansen's spot in two weeks. You know how the commissary rec hall works, gentlemen of the board. Prisoners buy their food. They're allowed to buy a certain amount. They bring it in the rec hall and they cook it over the burners there. Well, there's a guard in charge there. At that time, Temple. I was his assistant. He was easy, Temple. All right, Hosty. You're set. But if I don't see that 25 a week, you're dead. I bribed him. I paid him off. And then I had it. Four to six every afternoon after work when the rec halls were filled up. They'd come to me. Give me what? Some for three cans. Me two cans. Two cans. Me can of pork. Can of peas, can of pork. Other guys to rent the burners on that table. And then Joey come in one time. 
And I said, you eating, Joey? Not in your recall. What did you go and do to that Emmerich kid? All right, now, Joey, look, now, leave me alone. None of your business. Look, the kid's sick. It ain't just a matter of a little extra food. The kid's sick. He needs that stuff to build him up. He's got blood trouble. He needs liver. You know he can't pay your lousy graft. All right, Joey, all right, now, get out of my way. What's he gonna pay you? A buck a week? Does that mean so much to you? And it's the difference between maybe him being alive and not. All right, now, stop breaking my heart. I'm telling you for the last time. Now, get out of my way. Look, look, you're a kid. You don't know what you're doing. Emmeridge is sick. He's really sick. Okay, you made me. I'm going to give you the treat. The whole treat. Mac, Pete! Yeah. All right, grab him. Give him the treat, man. Hold on, hold on. Let me go, huh? Come on. Come on. Treatment. Treatment was lifting a guy, holding him, holding him over three burners. And that gentleman of the board made me top dog. Uh, at least I thought so. You didn't think so for very long, did you, Hostie? No, sir, because... Well, Joey went to the hospital and, and it all came out, uh, Got to the warden's office, and they found out they threw out Temple, the guard. They kicked him out of the prison, and they got me out. There was a whole cleanup. The whole commissary rec hall was changed. You mean a guard that prisoners couldn't buy was put in? Yes, sir. That's, that's what happened, and it ended the whole rotten system. You call it rotten. You were the core of the rottenness. Well, I didn't mean anything, sir, except I know now how rotten it was. All right. Proceed. If you care to. Yes, sir, I'd like to. Well, cleaning it up was only the beginning for me because when you're hard and you stay on top, you're all right. But when you're hard and you flop, watch out. I never knew so many guys hated me in all my life. They used to smile when they gave me the money in the rec hall, but they hated me. They stored it up. They didn't forget. Three of them got me one day in the yard about, about a week after it was cleaned up. Okay, Hostie, a long time waiting. Now you're going to get punched out. They punched me out. Bare hands, bare fists on your body. Never on your face. Till you fall down. Punched me out. Kept happening. Kept getting worse. I get a note saying, watch out. The punch out was nothing. Well, that only meant one thing. They'd, they'd cut me out the next time. Well, getting cut out, that means that they take your wrist and your feet and back where the tendons are, and... Well, that's what that means. Well, I ran to the warden, and I said, you got to put me in isolation. you got to. They'll get me. They'll get me. Well, he put me in isolation, but it didn't make any difference because they got into isolation, too, when they hated you enough, and I'd lay there all alone in my cell, and nobody with me, nobody near me, and... I'd hear him talking to the guard in isolation. Hey, you're looking pretty good, Sergeant. How's Hostie doing in isolation there all by himself? Hey, Sergeant, ain't you off tomorrow and that new guy on? They meant it. They meant it. When the new guy was on, they'd, they'd get in somehow. Maybe bringing food in or the laundry 
Oh, something. And then they'd get me alone, and they'd get in the cell, and they'd cut me out. And I'd hear them coming in the morning, in the afternoon, at night, until I just blew my top, and I started yelling, Get me out of here! 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 Take, take it easy. Austin, take it easy. Go on, Austin. Go on with your story. And that was worse because... Well, there wasn't a hospital, and they could get into the hospital easy. Well, because I'd gone clear off my rocker, and I, they put me in a straitjacket. I couldn't even put my hands up over my face. And then I heard him coming, the one I was scared about the most. The one that I had given the treatment to. Joey. Heard him coming, heard him coming, and no one, no one around, no one around. I've been assigned to the hospital, Hosty. Joy, for the love Ah, oh, of... cut you out, punch you out. Nah. I just come to talk to you because maybe I'm stir-crazy, but that's how I am. I don't want to hurt you. Kid, I'm going to die in prison. But the way you're going, you ain't going to live to be 30. You ain't gonna live to serve out your time, let alone get out. All right, all right. Maybe I sound like a warden of your old man, if you got an old man. Yeah, but look. You can live. Yeah, you can. The guys are satisfied. They gave you what they wanted to. They don't want no more. The record's decent now. You'll be out of the hospital after a while. You can go back. Live like every other guy lives in here. Why are you telling me this? After what I did to you. Ah, uh, look, I made my peace a long time ago, kid. Well, I'm gone in a little while. You can't fool people. At least I feel that way. So, what you did, others did to me too. I don't want to get even. I'm trying to help you. And the way I can do that is to make you understand that you've got to help yourself. Thanks, Joy, thanks. You know something? What? You know, you know that's the first time in my life I ever said thanks to a guy? And meant it. That was true, wasn't it, Hosty? The first time you said thanks to anybody and really meant it? Yes, sir. Well, I got out of the hospital and I saw some signs in the prison. They've been there all the time, but I saw them for the first time. Don't serve time, make time serve you. And there was another one, see the vocational advisor, you can learn a skill. Well, that was supposed to be for jerks. <laughs> okay, I was getting to be that kind of a jerk. I made time serve me. I studied. You began to try to equip yourself hostily to face the outside world. Why didn't you tell us this? Why'd I have to drag this out of you? Pride, I guess. Stupid, phony pride. Not being over it yet. I mean, the con being the greatest thing in the world. Now you want out. Why? Well, gee, everybody wants out. I mean, freedom. But why do you want out? Well, so far it's only talk. What I feel. I, I want to see if I'm really any good. The only place it really matters, outside. 
All right, Husty. I think you've told us your story finally, reluctantly. Now this parole board will consider your case. Step outside with the guard. While Thomas Hostey waits and the parole board reviews his story, you too have a decision to make. In a moment, you can compare your decision with that of the actual parole board before which he appeared. A true story from the files of the New York Police Department will be dramatized on CBS's Gangbusters program this Saturday night. You'll find it the thrilling reenactment of how the New York police tracked down a gang of ex-convicts who set themselves up in the robbery business. And it's called the case of Emma G. G-E-E. G. Emma as in, well, as in Emma. The narrator will be John J. Sullivan, former deputy police commissioner and chief of detectives of the New York City Police Department. So be listening when Gangbusters comes along this Saturday on most of these same CBS stations. Now the decision of the parole board in the case of Thomas Hostey, prison number 2N61-357. A few questions first, Hostey. What do you feel toward the girl Emma, the waitress, toward Simpson, the proprietor? Well, I, I want to see him, I... I want to prove that I'm okay. I want to show them that I'm decent. The important ones, Hosty, are the ones who stood up to you, aren't they? In your mind? Yes, that's right. I've got to show the ones who made me look like dirt. They are important, Hosty, the ones who stood up to you. But some are more important. You know, the really important ones are the ones you knocked down. The ones you stepped on. I never thought of that. Uh, you know, if all the energy and the brains, the real skill that goes into conning people went into something creative, something decent and human in this You world, know, it... maybe, Joey... I'm sorry I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Nothing. Just... I don't know. Joey's got nobody. Joey's got no family, nothing. He's going to die in here. Yes? Now, maybe I ought to stay close to him while I'm in, and after I get out... Five years, I guess, if he's still alive. See him once in a while, you know, visit him. Ain't got nothing. And he did a lot for me. I don't think you'll have to wait five years before you can come back to this prison as a visitor for joy. No, this board feels that a basic change is beginning inside you, Thomas Hostey. Slow and difficult, but basic. Look up Emma Simpson, if you like. But you come back, visit Joey as a free man. Roll granted. Next case. Today, Thomas Hostey may be your neighbor, your friend. For today, he is a salesman with a textile house and doing fairly well. And he used to visit his former cellmate, Joey Amram, weekly until the time, a little over a year ago, when Amram died behind prison bars. Then Tommy Hostey, a small thing but meaningful built a little monument over a plot of ground that might otherwise have been completely forgotten. It says Joseph Amram and his dates. That's all. The story of Thomas Hostey was brought to you in the interest of thousands of men and women in American prisons who someday may be up for parole. You have been listening to Up for Parole with Stephen Hill as Thomas Hostey, Written by Arnold Pearl and produced and directed by Mitchell Grayson. Research by Wally Gould. 
Music was under the direction of Harry Salter. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, We will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.